When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The last claps I'll ever do in my life. I know it's insane. Well, I mean, unless we do wangsling, and then it's like Never yeah, maybe maybe we do some claps. You're like, no, then we're doing snaps. Yeah. Never doing claps again. I will Let's never clap snaps, my baby. hands again in my entire fucking life. It's never, never gonna again. happen. Never again will I clap. I mean, I'm glad. That's like a nice little bit of indie pod that'll just it's it's taken yeah. away from your life. It really means that like indie pod meant something to you that yeah. you will refuse to clap for the rest of your life. Yeah, my future child will be like, "Daddy, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands." And I'll be like, "I can't, you bitch." You're I like, "Cannot snap clap. your fingers, you little dumbass." That's how we do it in this household. <laughs> and then I smack him. It'll be great. Can't wait. Yeah, you're like, kid. can't wait to have my own personal punching bag. Oh yeah, that's that's the deal. You're Dude. like can't can't fucking wait. Just like can't. just dunk. No, I wouldn't be able to do that. That I I'd get definitely uh, the curse of. So both Flora and I are extremely short. Um, but <laughs> in her family, everyone other than her is huge. Like like her ah. dad is freakishly tall, and I'm like I know, which I'm glad because that was one of the biggest things that I had about like getting a partner that was as short as me was i was like fuck i'm gonna be like my future child would be, short pissed. Kids. would be pissed <laughs> yeah. dude because i had the same thing my parents are shorter than me so i was like i always look at them and i'm like the fuck are you thinking like clearly there's a part gonna... of you that always resented your parents for yeah, mating yeah. with short people you're like god you're idiots it's so stupid you gotta spread the wealth you know um and so i assume knowing my luck that i would have a a just giant of a kid which is good because you know it's seemingly better to be tall in society so gotta go oh, with yeah it. um yeah they have a way easier time in life if they're just tall yeah but you ultimately know, like five nine and above is what i'd say is tall because i'm five seven i'm still <clears throat> fucking short yeah maybe i'm five six and a half i don't even know i'm i'm short as hell i'm mm-hmm. below average which is super depressing and i'm even more and uh <laughs> yeah how short you are is legitimately mind-boggling <laughs> five three baby five three it is uh it is a short characteristic um but yeah no i so i'll probably have a giant and then i'll basically have a few years of being like haha i can beat you up and then <laughs> the tables will turn and i ain't yeah. about that you're like i really want to be my kid but i can't Cause I they'll can't. beat me up later. Cause I'm, yeah, I know, I know the the strategic side of this. I oh, have them on my side, so that I. Speaking have, of strategy, know. dude, like oh, fucking, oh, they get all big. You hop in a backpack. You'll be like, you could be Yoda. You know, it's true. They have to carry you around. You'll be like, I had to do this dumbass shit with you when you were a baby. Now you got to do it with me when I'm uh, forty years old. You know, it's like, I mean, whatever. isn't that isn't that really the whole point of having kids? Is so that someone can change your diaper when you're like, it's just, it's the, the cycle of, of life. I mean, you live in Florida though. And that's like where everyone ships their old people to die. So they'd be like, I'm already, already here, here. Baby. just go out into the gator waste. <laughs> just like get eaten. You know, it's like, yeah. I ain't changing your diaper. Go shit in the pond, whatever. 
maybe. I I mean, I get it. I don't want to change my dad's diaper, so. Yeah, it's it's all sorts of things I'm not looking forward to. I'm like, I know my parents gave me the digestive issues that I have, and I'm just, it's, uh-huh. no. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want to change my own diapers. I'm not changing yours, you know what I mean? Like, my kids okay. will be like, just let me sit in it, you know? Just let me fucking die. If I if I shit my pants, just like let me sit there and just until I die. You know? It's whatever. It's a stinky way to go. I know, and this is an interesting way to start our very last episode. I think this it's is pretty the, on, on cue. Like. I, it is, and it really is. It's on par with all of our other episodes, really. Uh, this is our finale for IndiePod. It's it's an episode all about saying goodbye and, and looking back on the show itself. Three years of doing this show, what exactly it has meant to us, and of course, Jesus, we have a lot of like listener questions, and yeah, it's been, it's so nice. Them. Yeah, it's so nice to know that we meant this much to some people to the point where it's like, let me write in a paragraph of eighty-five different questions for this last show because I know it's never going to happen again. So it's true. Like I appreciate. Got to do it now. You know, it's the time to do it. This is what we asked for. We gotta. We gotta. You know, stay true to our word. If you know nothing, what I really loved? That's what was like Zach hitting us up and being like, okay, one last question, and then proceeding to have eight like other three, questions. Yeah, like a bunch like, right <laughs> after. He's like, like, you lied to me, Zach. I don't know what you mean, fucking one more question. It's like he just more. sat there. I can't wait till we're halfway through this and somebody pops in another question. We're like, Oof. I am surprised that c- certain people didn't show up in the in this this last group of questions. Um, so who knows? Maybe they're like, can you re-record so you can put my question in there? (laughs) (laughs) The true struggle. Yeah. Well, hello and welcome to the very last episode of IndiePod. We are no longer your weekly source of indie games news or anything else related to indie games. Instead, this episode is just about saying goodbye to the the good old IndiePod. You know, the good old Indie Incursion podcast. Yeah, Even though... Thank goodness that died. Yeah, I know, quickly. right? Especially after people like uh, the Active Quest guys, specifically Joseph, pointed out that mm. uh, it just sounds like Indian, Indian Cursion. Like, yeah. yeah, it sounded just like that. It was like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I see it. Okay. And then Big Josh Boy comes up with IndiePod. We got it in there. So I want to start off at the episode. Uh, start off the episode by once again kind of like stating why exactly we are doing this and and really we both found out we hate each other and we can't yeah. stand each other and we just we gotta you know what just lay it to rest because i'm sick I of seeing josh's beautiful I, face i can't stand to possibly even muster up one more episode than this it's just too much I know it's just it's it's far past the amount of energy that I have to pop on for any more than this this last one, especially after all these questions, dude. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Have to go into hibernation it's never going to happen this. again. But really, uh, a couple months ago, I had hit Josh up about possibly taking some time off because I personally have kind of like waned in my, I guess my passion and love. And I really felt like I was 
personally not giving this show my all and and wanted to take some time off, but I did end it with like, I don't know if after the couple months off that I want to take that I will want to come back. And I kind of left it up to Josh to what he wanted to do. It was like floated out there that maybe he just takes IndiePod and he can do whatever he wants with it. Maybe he finds another co-host for a little while. Maybe we that's when we add a third or whatever. But in the end, we decided that it would be best to just sunset IndiePod to, to put an end to it and, and possibly maybe later on bring up something else. Maybe we'll do another podcast. It's nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is concrete. We've talked about it, but other than that, there there's really nothing. But ultimately that's why I decided that I, I kind of wanted to bring this to an end was because I felt like I just wasn't doing the medium or this show justice anymore. And I didn't necessarily want like our patrons paying for that or just people giving us any amount of their time when I wasn't giving it my all. I felt like that was kind of disingenuous. How do you feel, Big Josh Boy? Yeah, I mean, I think you covered the the first half of it real well. It was something where, and I think we both had a bit of this, obviously you more than me, where, uh, you know, you do something for so long, it can become more of a job as opposed to something that you're passionate about, right? Like having to every week try to have something where I would play a game that maybe I'm not interested in, but I would have something to talk about or just constantly having to dedicate your time and, you know, uh, just resources into this becomes uh, something that that obviously is taxing after three, three and a half years. And I think ultimately I wanted to keep the show going because I think that IndiePod is one, we have a great community and two, I think we do uh, some really good work here uh, just helping people out that obviously need it because the indie space is a tough one to, uh, to, to be recognized. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, it's also not fair to like ourselves to do it specifically if we're not 100% into it. And so I I felt the same thing that you did and I didn't want to look for a co-host or someone to kind of be to fill in as a temp and then for you not to want to come back and for me to kind of like half ass for a couple of months before being like okay, well now we'll end it cuz it just it felt better to do it now and just to co- cohesively say, you know, like we're just going to wrap this up maybe something will happen in the future but for now it's it just it fits everyone you know in a better way of closing this out as opposed to just keeping it running and kind of letting it just over time lose quality and lose passion yeah yeah i i absolutely agree it's it's hard to keep up with something for so long and not kind of wane in interest like i guess it it does make those few things that it doesn't happen with very very special but sure you know yeah. just because it happened with IndiePod doesn't mean that we haven't loved the show haven't loved doing the show doesn't mean that we don't love each other or love the community it just means that like maybe the the format of this we eventually kind of just got tired of or the yeah. amount of time that it took or just any amount of it honestly i kind of like eventually found it to be a little bit formulaic where i felt like i was just going through the motions and 
I didn't want to feel like that anymore about something that I truly loved doing. Yeah. Um, plus, I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like I, I, I want to stay in touch with Josh and, and I want like, that's why we possibly plan on doing something else is because it's just so much easier to stay in touch if you do some sort of content with somebody which yeah. is so weird it's because it's i mean it's not really like i don't attribute it to like doing content but it's like we have a a reason to we have yeah. something that like the good thing about keeping up relationship wise with you and indiepod is like you know you always have that specific like you have a set date and like, that's who I am as a person. Like I love having like a very scheduled and like, uh, just really easy to, uh, foresee what's going to come. Like it's a planable set ideal of, yep. On every week at this time, I know that I'm going to get with Vaughn. I know that I'm going to talk to him, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if you don't have that in your life and some people are good about this, but like I personally, and I've said this all the time to people like my managers or people who that I'm close with at a job and then either I leave or they leave. I'm like straight up, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just not like, I'm like, it's nothing against you. It's me. Like if it's like a bad breakup line, but like it is, I just, I'm so bad at keeping up with people. If I don't have that like consistent thing that ties us to each other and like yeah. that's what the podcast is or that's what making the content is right it's like oh we know we have to do something so we're always you know getting back together and and talking and whatnot yeah but, making a part of the routine definitely makes it a lot easier for sure to, to yeah. keep up with people because i know people that i truly like i love so so much i never talk to them because i just forget or like it, it's just a thing that I don't put time toward, I guess. Uh, I, yeah. It's it's very I odd. It, it really is. I think about it all the time, too, because I'm, I'm at that point uh, age wise where um, I'm, I'm getting to the like you get to a certain age and you kind of start losing friends because people go in different directions. People start doing all types of different things, whether they're having kids, whether they're moving or they're, you know, different points of their life. And so being with my wife. Obviously, that's where the majority of my time goes. And then like a few close friends that I'm like always with. But like everyone else is just kind of just somewhere. And I was like, man, I have like no fucking friends. <laughs> like, I know yeah, you it's it's pretty like it's a sobering thought when you eventually figure out like I don't have any friends. Like no. it's it's weird because I, you just everyone grows apart at yeah. this point. Yeah, it's just like it, it. it's very much a thing that happens to just about everyone. And like you really have to work at it to not have it happen. And I just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm such a bad fucking friend, dude. I tell everybody I'm like, I'm so bad at it. It's just like it's too much work. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. way more work it's, than I want to put into it. So it's just don't be my friend because I'm not going to be a good one, you know, Yeah, or do content <laughs> with you and then. Then you'll be consistent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it's a schedule. It's just like how we've talked about like, oh, how do you finish games? It's like make content out of it because then you yeah. just have to do it. It's the only way I beat Dark Souls 2. But See, there you go. Big Josh Boy, do you looking back, do you have any favorite moments throughout IndiePod that you that that really come to mind? I mean, it's like three and a half years, so it's, it's like it's tough. It's yeah. tough to think of something like one specific moment where uh, you know, I was just like, oh, this is great. But like, I, I think a lot of 
indie pod has been for the most part a positive experience there are some things that i i could have lived without um <laughs> but, but i i think like ultimately my favorite thing about this isn't like one specific moment or one specific joke that we made but like it was the recurring just ability to uh to honestly hang out with you and to have something that i knew you know even if i was having a bad day or i was in a funk like no matter what you kind of just put that shit on pause and like just having a chance to just screw around with a friend was one of my favorite things about this and then like second would be just the the people uh actually talking with us like having fans having people that i felt like were interested in what we had to say was so it's still to this day mind-blowing to me and it was one of my favorite things of just having to know that there is someone who respects your opinion wants to hear you every week and is a fan to the point where they like because a lot of these questions you know like who gives a shit right about like (laughs) some of these things but like they genuinely want to know more about the person that they're listening to every week which i think is great and like i get it because i feel the same way with any shows or things or people that i like listen to um but it's still it's still just so insane to me that we got anywhere that we have more than zero listeners (laughs) in general I know it honestly kind of terrifies me for any creative endeavors I try in the rest of my life because I'm like, man, am I just giving up the one outlet that people actually give a shit about? And then if I ever start anything again, will it just no one will ever care? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, the good thing is we have our our uh, select few who are the people that have stuck around for a while. And I feel like no matter what you do or if we end up doing a secondary thing, they'll probably show up again. So like. At least you got that, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, m- my favorite thing I got out of IndiePod is honestly just Josh. For Hell fucking yeah. Like 100%. I, I, the, the most amazing thing about creating any sort of content on the internet is the people that you meet through it. And sure, yeah. you meet a bunch of dicks as well, but like <laughs> you can meet so many amazing people. And I, I never thought I would meet one of my best friends just randomly like I, I joined a website and they needed a podcast and I was like, fuck it. Nobody's doing this. I'm making an indie games podcast. And the one guy that got through all of it that came back week after week, we started out with like four or five people doing this podcast. Yeah. And then it just ended up me and big Josh boy sitting here every week talking about indie games. What we've been playing, you know, I was playing Skyrim. He was actually playing indie games. (laughs) It's, I mean, that's always been a a big thing is like throughout the, it's interesting when you're like, Oh, I didn't feel the passion. I didn't feel as much uh, of like, you know, that, that urge to play indie games, but like you never did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) I I played enough indie games throughout it, but yeah, I definitely see what you mean, but yeah, the, the greatest takeaway from this is, is the, uh, I guess this is one of those fucking like teachable moments. Or it's like the moral of the story where it's like the treasure the friends you made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. But it it really is. It's like there are yeah, so many people is. that I never would have met without doing this. And I'm I'm so grateful for that. And I, I love that so much. And just knowing that there are people that I can be this close with or that have such similar senses of humor or yeah. 
likes that I have just out there and and how easy it is to find them, which is kind of weird. Like you don't have to try that hard because, you know, behind every fucking Twitter profile picture is a person and they actually have that. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. There are a lot of bots, and they're yeah. fucking annoying as shit. But, like, behind a lot of them are an actual person, you know, not just a two-dimensional creature that you can yell at on the internet. And, like, meeting them and talking to them is just so fantastic. I'm I'm so happy I got to meet you. I got to meet Chris and Juno and Joseph and, mm-hmm. and John and Jason and, on like, Jacob and there's just so many amazing people that I've gotten to meet because of this. Or I, I guess I never met any of you in person, but I've got to speak to because of this and yeah. got to. I feel like if the pandemic didn't happen, we would have probably, probably met some of these people along the way. Like this was I think that's one of the biggest things that I hate the most is that we were starting to blow up and I feel like we would have started to go to like conventions and things like that and getting our name more out there, but it just wasn't meant to be. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that is also part of like how annoying podcasting I I guess was during the pandemic was Mm -hmm. that we were really kind of hitting a stride and our listener, our viewership was going up quite a bit. And then the pandemic hit. And of course everyone was in quarantine. Nobody was listening to the podcast. It dropped precipitously to the point where like i mean eventually we actually had a decent amount the whole time or we at least yeah. had some i know other podcasts especially like uh with some of yeah, our some friends hit real hard talking to them yeah they it it was gone and it didn't really come back because maybe their their viewership was largely working in the games industry and then they then moved on to jobs that work from home so they didn't really have any podcast time but yeah Crawling back from that and and kind of reaching that height again mm-hmm. was, I would say, fairly tiring. And knowing that like just a world event could wipe away everything that you tried to do was kind of I annoying. Mean, but it's it could happen it's tough in anything. To plan for, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, and I I'm trying to think of like favorite indie pod moments that I enjoyed uh, mm. above all else. I, Here's the thing. I I really wanted to come out and say like, oh yeah, here are some that I remember so well, and it's insane. But to be honest, I don't remember I forget anything. Fucking dude, everything. I don't dude. remember anything. I was just about to say that because like, there's I, I, there's so many good moments. I know there's a lot of good jokes. I know we're constantly laughing every episode, and there's so many things that are definitely you know plus ones on the was it good scale but uh it just it's all a blur (laughs) i mean it's it partly like that's what makes this moment so special is that like it happened and we moved on from it and we like we know it happened we we know we laughed but we don't have to look back on it. We don't need that snapshot. Like, I don't yeah. need to go back and listen to old episodes. I can if I want to, but I don't need to sure. go back and listen to old episodes to understand why you and I are friends or to like For sure. relive yeah, yeah, any yeah, yeah. of these moments. Cause it's just like every time I talk to you, I feel the exact same way I do. And it, 
as like when I'm we're fucking goofing off about yeah. uh, I, I don't know dumbass fucking sister cousin shit like it's, it's I mean yeah I mean that's it's also indicative of like the difference between when the camera is on and off with me is like there's no difference yeah when it comes to us just hanging out right and like I feel like that would be different in certain relationships or certain shows is like are you playing a character or are you just hanging out like we'll get into some of these questions but like the whole idea of like jesus take the wheel that uh will writes in about and it's like that's very much this show it's like oh, i don't yeah. remember anything because none of this is planned like we just start bullshitting until something happens like yeah i i would say like the moments that i definitely enjoyed are like kind of what you were talking about of moments of like having a lot of people on and and getting to know certain faces and like we had tom marks on here like we had yeah. an actual person who has like clout in in the industry we had a number of people that were on with just as uh great importance but i just i think it's interesting that those people actually came onto this fucking show like what and and granted like you know anyone can can join the show but like they were still good episodes like it wasn't like they yeah. just joined and it was like awkward as fuck or it was weird like that just went well like those experiences the fact that like one of the things that we don't talk about as much but a big part of my role in this show later on was the development side of things and doing the developer interviews and fucking i've met so many interesting people because of that and was able to really hone uh, a skill set of interviewing that i think i definitely got better with over the the course of you know doing this show but like, I really, I enjoyed my time with it. You get to hear so many interesting stories of people from all different walks of life. And I do a hundred percent appreciate that opportunity as well as, you know, the, the, uh, relationships that we built and the fun times that we had on like the normal episodes. Speaking of the relationships that we built were, I would say probably halfway through the, the length of the episode as, as to what I, I what I'd assume we're going to go. So we might as well get into our audience questions because sure. yeah, we have so many of them. And at this point, if we don't start now, this is going to be a two hour finale episode <laughs> and it's going to be fucking insane. So <laughs> Phil writes in and says, so I hear my favorite podcast is ending. Do you have any suggestions for podcasts that can fill that gap? Josh, do you listen to podcasts at all? Because you work from home. I don't know if you ever leave your house. I, <laughs> I never I never have to leave. Honestly, sometimes it scares me when I think about it because I, I go to the gym a lot, which helps me get out of the house. Like when, obviously when I have COVID, I didn't really leave, but I had no like reason why I could. Like if I didn't go to the gym, I don't think I'd ever have to leave my house. Like, yeah, your neighbors would be like, does anybody actually fucking live there? <laughs> Like, <laughs> I haven't seen them in like three years. What, where'd they go? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the type of person who fucking hates driving. I don't really want to go anywhere. I love hanging out with people and like, I'll do it in, in that regards. But like, otherwise during the week, like I'm not going anywhere. Um, but no, I, I do listen to podcasts and it, it's always when I'm at the gym because I'm a weirdo who will listen to podcasts rather than like pumpy hype up music and it's just because it's the only time that i can listen to podcasts now um but i don't listen to a lot honestly uh i i rarely do um it's either uh i'm a big fan of conan o'brien 
And so I listened to his interviews with random celebrities. It's called Conan, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Um, and then I listened to Game Scoop. And that's just because I think it's a good all-inclusive podcast. And I love uh, 20 Questions, the game that they play afterwards. The other one, as far as something that, I don't know, maybe <laughs> kind of fits like our niche uh, in the idea of like just two buddies fucking around. Uh, listen to everything to Guppy. Now this is going to be weird because I'm recommending you a podcast that's about bu- the uh, the Binding of Isaac. But <laughs> but the funny thing is they started out as like a they were very much into it and then kind of similar to this after a few years of doing the, the show they kind of like don't give a shit about the Binding of Isaac part of it anymore and so they literally will just be like here's the item here's whatever we got to talk about and then we'll just like go into random bits and just talk about <laughs> dumb shit. And so like a lot of it has nothing to do with the, the Binding of Isaac. And they talk about it all the time of how they've like alienated themselves from an audience that makes sense because it's catered in a weird way. Very similar to us where like they're not really good, like doing a good job at either because they kind of like half and half each side of it. And they're like, yeah. I don't know who our audience is <laughs> at this point. Um, I'd recommend it, though. I like them. They're, they're pretty cool guys. It's called Everything to Guppy. Uh, for me, I I don't listen to a lot of podcasts now, especially because my phone is doing this super annoying fucking thing where like it just doesn't work using my data. It just doesn't. And it's so I'll have to like start downloading podcasts if I want. But I listen to Sacred Symbols every week and like the uh, CLS, like Sacred Symbols Plus episodes and stuff like that. Mm. I listen to Reply All. I really like Reply All because they do a lot of like just weird fucking eclectic episodes that are just so odd. Typically, they're tech focused, but. More often than not, they're just so weird. And it's like, oh, I finally get to learn the uh, like the origins and the actual problems behind the like, what do you do when a hundred wild hogs are like coming on your land and chasing down your kid? It's like, I finally know what that's about. And they have a whole episode about it. It was very interesting and very fun. Granted, the show has like, I don't want to say gone downhill, but they've started putting out episodes less and less, and they've started to just like put in their feed episodes of other podcasts and all other all sorts of other stuff. It's very odd, but I think Gimlet is actually a pretty good production company when it comes to podcasts. So like I listened to uh, Red Planet. I really liked it was one of their audio dramas, but it was only a couple episodes. And honestly, I feel like they didn't cover really any amount of a story, but it was pretty cool for how much they've put out so far. Um, Not Past It is actually pretty dope. I like not past it a lot. They basically like go back in history and take a date and show how that like something that happened on this random day has still continues. Like it still reverberates to this day. It's it's very, very cool. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I love like We're Alive. It's an audio drama series. I really love audio dramas. If you haven't noticed, they just... (laughs) I'm a big fucking fan. They're so cool. I think eventually I'll try to create one, but I don't exactly know because it seems like a lot of work. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, We're Alive is is very, very good. And they're starting their new Descendants series pretty soon. So I'm super stoked about that. But otherwise, I listen to audiobooks more than anything. 
I'm mm. always like, I spend way too much money on audiobooks. My friend Chase showed me fucking Audible and he was like, yeah, you just pay for this. You get one credit and then you can pay like 35 bucks for three credits. I buy so many credits a month. It's yeah. fucking <laughs> insane. I probably uh, spend like $200 on audiobooks a month. Damn. And I, I listened to all of them in that month. It's it's fucking insane because it's just what I do at work and it's actually so yeah, much easier you, because I download them onto my device so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and there are just so many amazing stories that I I'm honestly kind of hindered by the fact that I read so slowly is that I don't have a chance to. It takes me so long to read through a book that it's like, can I really devote this much time to it versus listening to a 20 hour audiobook? I just listened to it for a couple days at work and I'm like, oh my God, this was fantastic. I literally never would have experienced this outside yeah. of an audiobook. So it doesn't matter. It's you're still yeah. consuming it. It's fine. I think it's, it's interesting though, because like I have, you know, the work from home perspective, which I don't have that travel, but you also have the type of profession right now where you can listen to shit and just do you your job. Commute. I cannot do that. Like I have, I work, uh, doing video editing. So like, I have to pay attention to what the fucking video says. <laughs> I know I'm kind of terrified for if I ever actually do get like actually into production or video editing because I'll, I won't get to listen to my audiobooks, dude. Yeah, I'll just can. have to it's, listen to them. I get my dick kicked in Elden Ring or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a struggle. It really is. I I very much appreciate the days where I do editing that doesn't require like any audio work to it so I can listen to whatever I want. But it's far and few between. All right. Uh, Phil has just a ridiculous amount of more questions. Uh, has your gaming taste changed since you started this podcast, Josh? I mean, no, I don't think so. I, I think that in a way, maybe because I'm more knowledgeable of games that are out there. So I'm like trying more and, and maybe scoping that. But like realistically, probably not. Um, I've, before the podcast, I played Slay the Spire. So like, I already knew about card games. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> cause I knew you were going to bring it up. Um, I, I definitely have fatigued a bit more since the, the end of the podcast. So maybe in a way, um, but I've always been a big roguelike fan. Um, I, I would say no, I would just say that I know more games that are out there now which I will effectively lose because I'm not going to be keeping up with any news now. Like I'll passively hear about it, but I'm yeah, there's going to be a lot that falls through the cracks now for yeah. sure. Yeah. Cause I like if no, I'm not, it's not part of your weekly routine to do it. Of, yeah. It's not part of my just routine. Just like friends keeping up with fucking gaming news. It takes a lot too. Yeah. Um, my gaming taste in a small way has changed, which is the the roguelikes. I never would have given them the time of day before, but Big Josh Boy talked me into some of them, and he kind of like spun it in a good way to where I never would have actually given a shit uh, outside of like Super Giant developing it. I never would have given a shit about Hades before, but mm -hmm. because of Josh's love for roguelikes, I 
actually do enjoy them and and if a roguelike comes out and i truly feel like it's it's part of my like i will enjoy it i'll play it like loop hero really changed a lot for me so did like moonlighter children of morda and there's like i don't know if i would have played those games or at least some of those games specifically loop hero i don't know if i ever would have given it a chance if josh hadn't talked me into it yeah and so yeah, my my gaming taste has changed to where I'm much more open-minded about the kind of games that I I guess don't like where it's like I don't know, maybe I will like roguelikes. I I have no idea. I do like them now, so there's that. Oh, I've also gotten so much more fatigued with open world games. So, there's yeah. that. I'm kind of getting fucking sick of them, you know. Except for I mean, Elden Ring has a sweet twist on an open world, but God, open world games kind of fucking suck. Let's just be honest about that. But a little bit, moving a little on bit. to the next question, uh, they write in and say, imagine that at some point in gaming history, technological advancement froze and no fewer or no newer, more powerful tech was created. What is the earliest generation that you could see yourself still having gaming as a hobby in your advanced years? I.e., for example, how about if technology froze after the SNES was released or after the PS2? I would say, yeah, I mean... To, to answer the question realistically of like what's the earliest for it to still be a hobby like i still love like the snes days and uh but do I you think have... if it was cut off after like nothing happened after the snes think, you would still play it as an adult i think so because i think i would attribute the same thing that happened with like indie games and triple a's of people to make a splash in that market have very creative and unique ideas and take risks. And I think you'd find the same thing. And if you're like really looking at my interests in games and some of my favorite things, like graphics are not a big part of me as a person of like something that I'm constantly looking forward to, or like, I, I don't look at a game and just go like, wow, it's so like fucking Looks 10, like, but I'm never gonna play 4k. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't care. I don't really care. Uh, I like janky games in a lot of ways and I like games as long as they're fun or they have an interesting twist and I loved my SNES. So I, I could see, you know, unique ideas coming out. You see all the time indie games that have, you know, that are in eight bit, 16 bit, like you could still run all that shit on it. So I think so. For me, I would still find gaming like a it would be a hobby in my advanced years if it stopped at the 360 and PS3 generation. That's just honestly one of my favorite generations. It released so many amazing games. Plus, they didn't necessarily like leverage that technology to its height. If for sure, like if they gave it a little bit more time and weren't worried about this, like next console generation, I truly believe that they could have put out even better games plus like everyone loves fucking persona 5 that bitch is on the ps3 little did you know like most people forget that it's Mm -hmm. on the ps3 if you want to play it it's it's completely available you could do it so yeah i would stop at the uh the ps3 and 360 generation if i didn't get anything after that i would be totally fine even though some of my favorite fucking games are after that i feel like if 
technology was just hampered. It was just hobbled at that point and just never got any better. The games I love could still be created within that architecture, within the like cell architecture of the PS3. So there you go. Uh, Will farts ever not be funny? Big Josh, why? For some reason, I thought Will farts was a name. (laughs) I'm very (laughs) confused. Um, No, (laughs) they'll they'll never not be funny. I think farts yeah? are great. You never think you'll like grow up. You'll you'll like hit a day where you wake up and you're like, Ugh, such a pleb thing to enjoy. Like nah, you fuck I don't think eat. so. I think there's nah? there's degrees of it, right? Like it's not as funny as it was, but I think there's still gonna always be like you could get a chuckle out of it. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. As long as it's in the right scenario, it's not yeah. like I, I guess ever since you were a kid. It's slowly dwindled where it's got less and less funny yeah. to the point where actually I'm going to, I'm going to roll over on this. Yeah. I think eventually there will be a time where I'm like, it's just not funny anymore. It's just so, outdated. You know, I'm just fucking sick of it. Outdated. Maybe I'll have a traumatic experience where my kid farts in mm. my mouth while I'm changing its diaper or something. Like I get fucking butter cupped and I'm like, nope, farts ain't funny no more. And just You're punch right. him right in the butthole, you know? Your mouth is way too close. Bringing to it back to child abuse. I, I know. I don't know why I'm saying my face is like an inch <laughs> yeah. away from them, but whatever, dude. You're really inspecting uh, that duty. <laughs> Phil also writes in and says, I started off with a poo eating related question, so like I'm going to finish with one. Imagine like that you had to eat <laughs> a shit sandwich, but you got to choose three ingredients plus a condiment to go with it to help that turd slide down your moist throat. What do you choose? Big Joshua, you got three three ingredients plus one condiment to get that turd down your throat. Yeah. What what do we and consider I would assume it's like, like uh, well, I would say like here? like uh, it, like is it would be like normal, I guess, like anything that I don't know. I guess that's like are we saying are we saying like it's a slice of ham is an ingredient or are we saying yeah. it's a spice, right? Like, no, I would say-, say it's an ingredient. Like even spices are ingredients. Well, that's what I mean though. Is like, are we yeah. keeping it just to that? Like, I don't then, know. Just say anything, dude. Cause I would wrap that bitch in a condom and I'm just going to chuck it down, you know? Ugh. Like it's just one last time to, to I mean, get out of answering the question. A, putting it in a condom isn't that bad of an idea because that latex and like, like here's the thing. Um, it needs to be anything that can be powerful enough to mask shit. <laughs> so it has I mean, to be like drowning it in hot sauce, like something like a really fucking like pungent cheese. It has to be something with a lot. You can of, bread it and deep fry it. Everyone says deep frying makes things better. You could deep true. fry a turd. Maybe it would make it better. Yeah. Yeah, it would have Maybe to. Maybe it would make it palatable. I shouldn't say better. I should say palatable. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because better implies it's that so there's good already. Like, yeah, there's like a degree <laughs> of enjoyment before. So I would definitely say like, yeah, like breading, oil, just like hot that thing in a deep fryer. Uh, plus you get like, that's only two ingredients. That's true. So I guess like, uh, I don't know, garlic, I enjoy as an ingredient. Then you get one condiment, which... I would drown I guess, it in hot sauce for sure. Yeah. Hot sauce would also be a good one. Ooh, you know what? 
the hot sauce that completely takes away your sense of taste. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like, it's so hot you want to die. Like the one on Hot Ones where they touch their eye and they're like, I have to go to the hospital. Oh, you'll get pink eye like that. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, in this scenario, you're going to get pink pink eye. eye. And your eye's going (laughs) to be fucking dead. So there's that. But I hope you enjoyed the uh, the answering and or cop out of your question, Phil, for the last time. They also write in and say, thank you guys for all the enjoyment over the past couple of years. Uh, you will be missed, especially not hearing about how big the average Josh boy actually is. You it's both true. rock. P.S. Sorry for all the weird questions over the years and possibly making your wives wonder what the fuck you are doing with your lives every week for the past few years. Fun fact about that. Uh I asked my wife, I started with this because I, I always give her some of the questions and I started with this one and I was like, give me three really powerful, like overpowerful uh, foods. And she like, <laughs> she kind of like listed a couple of things and I was like, I don't know that that'll work. And she's like, why? And then I read the question and she's like, I'm so glad you're done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That checks out. That checks out. <laughs> Good times, uh, good times. Will C. writes in and says, oh man, what a ride IndiePod was. I love the community and most of all, Vaughn and George. I remember the first and only book club I took part of, Spear Affair. I faked a British accent, British style accent and tripped you both out. So my last question to the pod, do you have a favorite episode you guys recorded? I personally liked the earlier episodes specifically because Josh and Errol would tag would tag team shitting on Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Good times. Yeah. Do you have any, I, well, I guess we kind of already covered we this. We don't did. remember the episodes. Yeah. I, I think I would say probably my favorite though. Like the one that was the most memorable is a hundred. Um, and it's because that was the first episode where we tried that idea that I had of like, why don't we try to get the community involved and having people actually write in and voice like send voice messages about what they thought indie games were and like the definition of indie like it was just a really good discussion it was cool to see that there was a community and there were people around that were willing to do this so uh i'd say probably that one um but yeah otherwise i don't i don't remember shit yeah number 100 was really good i also loved our episodes uh specifically with jacob mccourt and Caitlin Redwing. I just yeah, honestly yeah, yeah, love yeah. those two people. And yeah, they were like they were great episodes. I, I really, really enjoyed them. But th- Will also asks, do you guys have anything planned in terms of content creation for the future? Uh, another duo, some solo stuff like streaming or finding new partners? It's it's a good question. Um I I think obviously both of both of us are going to take some time where we just do nothing because we've been doing this for so long that it'll be interesting to have some time to take off. Um, but I'm the type of person who kind of, kind of panics at not having things to do. And I like, I always want to be busy with something. So like the podcast, although it was a, a chore in some ways was also nice because it was like, something that I always knew I had to do and kept me busy. And like, I'm the type of person who has extreme anxiety and fucking just needs to be doing something. Um, and so I assume that I'm going to be enjoying the fact that I'm doing nothing for a while. And then I'll probably start to say like, I need to find something to fill this void. Um, and I don't know yet what that's going to be. 
if that's going to be like, I, you know, I started learning the drums, like, is that going to be just me putting more time into that? Is that going to be me, you know, finding something else that's just totally off? Or will I get back into some type of content? I wouldn't mind doing another podcast down the road of some sort. I don't know what that would look like or what type I'd want. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, there's no real plans, but I know I'll end up doing something. Yeah. Uh, for me, I already am having so much anxiety about taking time off for a month. Like, yeah. it's insane because there's so many things I want to make where it's... I've been making content on the internet since like 2014, 2015, basically like there have been small gaps in time, but for the most part, it's like nonstop. I've made something, whether it's like video or a podcast. So I'm honestly, I'm, I'm taking a month off because I feel like I really need it, but there are so many things I do want to do. Like I really want to get back to doing that East Kai guy videos. Um, I, I, I'm going to start writing again. Really, I, I still have the dream of finishing or at least getting a good way through uh, an East Kai novel that I've been writing some yeah. point in time this year. Big Josh Boy and I have talked about doing another podcast, but it's just nothing concrete where it's like we would just do a normal ass, I guess, kind of comedy podcast. <laughs> That's yeah. basically what it would be, just a way to keep up with each other. Um Outside of that, I don't know if I'll ever go back to streaming, to be honest. I've I've thought about it often, like off and on, but if anything, the kind of like rigid structure throws me off and gets me very anxious when it mm. comes to streaming. Like podcasting is one thing because I can edit out bits or like right. it's just me talking with big josh boy like it's it's something I really enjoy versus streaming, I feel like is really being on. And you have to be ready to interact with all sorts of different people. But I'll definitely be making videos coming like after the month. I'm taking a month off. And then after that, I am planning on coming back and and making some videos about different things that I love and and really getting like down to business when it comes to writing my East Kai novel, because I'm honestly like all the time thinking about it and it bothers me so much that I'm not writing it. And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to fucking start and I'm just going to write. And that's it. Like it's, it's just pissing me off at this point that I'm not doing it. So there you go. Yeah. At least for me, it's guaranteed you're going to get some more content. Uh, big Josh boy, not exactly certain, but we do have something up in the air that we might be doing. So there you go. We'll let everybody know if we decide to do it. Um, they go on to say, I'm missing the hell out of the podcast already. I've always wanted to do a podcast myself. Any tips or secrets you can reveal now that it's over? Do you write scripts and get together and plan episodes each week? Or is this all freestyle slash let Jesus take the wheel? Love you guys. Indie pod for life. So big Josh boy, do you have any tips or secrets that you need to reveal now? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have any secrets left in my life after this podcast. (laughs) Like I've, I've laid it all bare, dude. (laughs) I know, dude, there is, there is nothing that we do in preparation for this. (laughs) Like I, yeah, we set up documents. That's about it. Yeah. We, we set up what we're going to talk about as far as like finding an article, as far as, uh, you know, like we find something to shout out or whatnot, but it, it's no more than being like, this is 
a potential thing to talk about. And then when we start the day of, we just roll with it. We go, okay, let's talk about it. Um, and everyone has, you know, a, a different approach to this. And it, it more depends on like the person. I think you and I are just good at kind of just going off the cuff when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think honestly, like the biggest tip I would give, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but really is just do it. Like if you're thinking about it and you're like, not sure, just start um, because the pieces will kind of fall into place and you'll start to learn more things as you go. Like we talk about it all the time. You listen to the first couple episodes of IndiePod, which was the incursion, uh, Indie Incursion podcast. The shit sucked. <laughs> it was, it was bad. It was real yeah. bad. It's not um, great. It's not. Uh, but we got better. We found a rhythm. We, you know, were able to to scope the show in a way that we thought made more sense. Uh, we found, you know, the right people for it. I think you just need to do it. If you're thinking of doing a solo one, fucking good luck because that shit's nuts. If you're thinking of finding people, I would say just find people who seem interested do it see if they stick around because i mean that was part of how indiepod was right like we had a number of people who were on and off and they just didn't stay and it ended up being vaughn and myself and that was indiepod like that's how it worked but like until you start you can't learn anything so honestly it's just getting into it i would say get a, a good but shitty mic something that's just you know decent equipment that gets you by, um, learn how to do some basic audio, uh, editing, which is really just how do you rip the noise out of a audio file and how do you trim it properly? Yeah. And there are free programs to do that. Like you can do it in audacity yeah. or reaper. They're both free. Like you can just easily use them and, and they're not hard. You can also do them in video software, but they're more often than not, they don't have the audio tools that would be accessible and things like, uh, more audio focused software. For sure. For sure. Um, and then, yeah, just, just dive into it. Like the thing about podcasts is if you're interested in it, someone else probably is. Like, yeah. That's kind of how easy it is. There's millions and billions and fucking way too many people on this earth. Someone's going to enjoy it. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple of times. It's like the the few tips I have is one, you have to be willing to kind of eat shit for a while because it's not going to We're catch still on eating immediately. Shit. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's very possible that we you have to put answer out, a question about it. <laughs> exactly. It's very possible that you put out a hundred episodes. Uh, obviously not, but it's it's uh, it's possible that you get into double digits and maybe even triple digits and you don't have a big audience. But if you love it, keep it going. And on the flip side, if you don't, don't be afraid to kill it. Like, to be yeah, honest, sure. I've done very I've done a bunch of different projects with different people. And the one thing that I really wish I would have told myself early on is that like if you don't love what you're doing anymore, then just don't like, if you believe it's a chore anymore, like if you believe at one point in time that it eventually becomes more of a chore than anything, then just stop doing it because you're not doing anyone favors by just phoning it in. And that's not really what it is for IndiePod. Like I've always loved talking to Josh, but there are several shows that I've done where in the end, I just felt like we're more of a chore than I really enjoyed anymore. So 
I decided to cancel them. And I truly wish that I would have just been okay with that and didn't, I guess, constantly give excuse after excuse as to why I needed to continue it because then I was just wasting everyone's time at that point where, or, or being afraid to cancel it because something might go bad. It's like, if you don't like it, just say you don't like it. And if you're doing it with somebody and they don't understand that, then they're probably not the right person to record with anyway. Also find somebody that is going to put in just as much effort as you. If they are not going to, then don't do it with them because that's like the biggest issue with podcasting is that you, you really have to find somebody who gives just as much of a fuck as you do. Otherwise you find yourself just doing all the work. Luckily, Josh started to do, he, he started to do a lot of different things. Like I do the editing and stuff because I want to, but Josh, he does the developer interviews and there are all sorts of things that we do together. We both chip in to do things versus I've done several shows where it was just me for the most part and other people just showed up. And that was by far the most annoying thing ever is when somebody just shows up to record. It's so annoying. And it's, uh, I, I would not wish that relationship on any, on anyone because you really start to resent the other person where you're like, obviously you don't give a shit about this. Yeah. Like you're, you're not really willing to do anything to, or like to put any effort into it. So that's yeah. Those are they're my few tips. There are millions of tips, but yeah, there's the few. Zach writes in and says, "How do you eat Pringles? Concave side up or down?" I eat them. Do you eat I, Pringles at all, Big Josh? I, I don't really eat Pringles. No, um, really. No, there. I I don't eat a lot of chips. Um, oh, okay. Just because uh, my favorite are Lay's, lightly salted. Oh, you're so. I love them because I just bitch. shove as many of them into my mouth at once, and I enjoy the mush that it creates. Um, that and Chex Mix, I really like Chex Mix. Um, That's like literally the defining feature feature of Pringles. I don't know why you will like you shove know, as many of them in your mouth as you can. I love to just fucking put my fist in the Pringles can and just smash them all up, and then just like dole it out into your mouth. Oh, it's you're like a beast. The exact same thing. What a monster! <laughs> no, I I don't know. I used to eat a lot of Pringles when I was a kid, but I just maybe I just ate too many of them, and I just don't care anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm not really like a chips guy anyway. Um, well, th that's not true. I am, but I just know they're shit for you. So I try yeah. not to eat them. <laughs> yeah. You, you've grown out of the love of chips. I love Pringles specifically. I mean, I can't find these flavors anymore, but the pizza flavor and the baked potato, the loaded baked potato flavor, fucking delicious. And they just don't exist anymore. I'm pretty sure I've never seen them again ever since my childhood, but concave side down 1 million percent because that's where the flavor is if you get a loaded baked potato fucking pringle they don't put shit for flavor on the bottom of the chip it's all on the top so you just put that thing right on your tongue like you're laying a kayak in the water it's delicious love it uh they also write in and say what's your favorite hot sauce so big josh boy what kind of hot sauce are you gonna drown that thick turd in that thick turd in um <laughs> i i like a lot of different hot sauces but i think the one that's like won me over recently which is very basic is just frank's red hot sauce the like 
the the one where if you watch the commercials it's like the old lady who's like i put that shit on everything like <laughs> i don't know it's just good um but i honestly like i just love hot sauce in general like most hot sauces i'll be okay with the only so i like when they have like a flavor to them right i hate the hot sauces that are like people make them and they're like it's hot sauce because it just destroys your taste buds and you're like that's great but like i want it to be hot i don't want it to be like i can't taste anything now for the turd maybe unless you're yeah. eating a turd unless yeah. you're eating a turd sure but like you're otherwise eating a turd you're like i don't want a tongue anymore actually just yeah. in general yeah but like i love a lot of you know, the, especially when they have like a little bit of like a weird kind of like a mango habanero type hot sauce, like those like a little bit of sweet, but really good spicy flavor to it. Those types, they're good. All right. My favorite hot sauce. I'm, I'm not really a hot sauce connoisseur. I just eat like tapatio. I love, um, I don't know what kind of hot sauce they have, but specifically Los Betos in Idaho or specifically in Boise on Eagle road. Cause, uh, the other ones fucking suck. Um, yeah, it's like I ordered the same burrito garbage at one. The beans taste like battery acid delicious at the other. It doesn't make any sense. It's fucking stupid. But, Weird. uh, yeah, they have a delicious green sauce. It's like a mild sauce that I love. But yeah, I'm not really a big hot sauce guy, to be not, honest. Not liking the spices? Uh, well, I like spicy stuff. It's just not, I don't go out of my way to put hot sauce on things. Mm. Like I'll put, I'll, I'll put tapatio on like pizza bites and stuff like that. But outside of that, yeah, I, I'm not real adventurous when it comes to hot sauce. Or I've just never really tried much. So I got you. I got you. Go. Um, they also write in and say, Hey Vaughn, I've always considered myself a basic anime watcher. Do you have any deep cuts I should check out? Uh, yes, I can't guarantee you'll like them, but yeah, um, air gear. I really loved when I was younger and I've tried to watch it since and still really, really enjoy it. Metabots. I fucking love lots of people shit on it. Yu-Gi-Oh GX specifically was something that I loved when I was a kid. Obviously these are just like random ones from when I was a kid, but blast rider is also very interesting and very cool, but you have to deal with a lot of like uh, computer assisted or CG animation, which is kind of annoying. Um, for just like normal, I, I mean, I fucking love Iskai, so of course I gotta throw a couple of those in there. Overlord's amazing. Gotta love fucking Overlord. It's so good. Um, Jobless recently is is pretty fantastic, but you kind of have to deal with how pervy and gross Rudeus is, so there's that. There's obviously the, like, the staples. You gotta watch fucking Full Metal Alchemist. Specifically Brotherhood. You don't need to watch the original. It's unnecessary. I love Erased, but people shit on its ending. I have yet to read the manga, so like that's the only ending I have, and I'm pretty okay with it. I, I don't hate myself for loving it, you know? But, yeah, I... There are like so many amazing uh, Horimiya. If you want some good romance, um, if you want some trashy romance, you can watch Gamers. It heavily features video games, uh, but they take gaming culture so weird where they're like, oh yeah, they act like their fucking big moments in their life are boss fights. And I'm like, I've never heard a single person refer to anything in their life as a boss fight. Very weird. Unless they're being facetious, but yeah. No, it's never happened before. Yeah, you're muted, big boy. Oh, am I? I am. Look at that. 
Uh, it's because I had nothing to offer from an anime perspective. So I was just like, why even have this not on mute? Um, but I actually do have one thing, even though I'm not an anime person, I used to watch a bunch, um, when I was younger and one that I really, really love, that's kind of a deep cut that I feel like most people don't know is called dead man wonderland. I fucking love that show. It is so damn good. And I'm very pissed that they only made one season of the anime and uh never continued with what the manga has but it's also uh, super fucking weird like yeah, people using their blood as weapons like it's, yeah, it's very dude, odd it is fucking and great. it's like totally a squid game thing where it's it's not necessarily the exact same but they're forced into like fucking dying in this uh they're convicts forced into dying in this amusement park Mm-hmm. like for people's amusement it's it's so fucked up uh, yeah. another great one that you had like pretty much just brought to mind is darker than black specifically season mm-hmm. one season two i've heard is but i have yet to watch it but season <laughs> one is very good i don't know yeah there you yeah, go there you go there you go uh josh same question but for stand-up comedians yeah um Man, I miss the days of like when I was in high school and and middle school, like Comedy Central, the only thing that was ever on Comedy Central was Comedy Central Presents. And it was like a stand up comic every two seconds. And it was just a different show. And I fucking loved it because if you were to be like, what's the one form of media that you get like whether it's like a tv show an anime a movie or like stand-up comics all day i would be like stand-up comics i just fucking love it i to the point where like i uh, had thoughts of like do i want to be a stand-up comedian like i I very much considered that but then i was like ah it's not for me just because i would not be able to have the willpower to know that i'm gonna get bombed like i'm gonna bomb yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's okay i'll take a slap um, I, I just wouldn't be able to have the willpower to bomb on a stage and be okay with it. Um, which is a very common thing if you're a stand-up comedian, like you have to, you're going to bomb and you have to be good at it. Um, that being said, uh, I have a couple that I'll, I'll mention, but honestly, I, I don't know for deep cuts. I'm not sure. Um, here's a couple that I've seen recently that I really liked. Um, Moses storm. Just had a special that was on, I think it was either HBO Max or Paramount Plus. I don't remember which, Um, but his set set was really good. Jimmy Carr is hilarious and has the weirdest fucking laugh. Um, I just love it. Do you know Jimmy Carr at all? No, I I realized recently that I don't think I actually like stand up. Like oh, I, I'll, no. dude, I I'll love watch it. some on occasion, but for the most part, I just feel like it's kind of a waste of my time. Oh, like so, <laughs> it's so funny the difference in people's like perspectives with media and what they want to consume. Uh, but no, Jimmy Carr is I think he's really funny, uh, very strange individual. But his laugh is one of my favorite things because he'll make a joke and he he talks about it all the time and he'll go. <laughs> always it is the weirdest friggin' thing it can't get annoying at a certain point but it it's pretty good uh neil brennan has a a special called three mics on netflix that shit is fucking good like even if you're not a comedy guy like it's such an amazing set um tom segura i fucking love tom segura just anything he does i feel is always golden uh and nate bargates is another one that i saw recently that i thought was pretty good um 
there's a fuck ton out there though there's so much good comedy out but yeah those are a few all right uh zach also writes in and says what are some games that you consider must plays that you found through your time on the show do you have any must plays that you found on the through the show i mean i found a lot right like there's so many good games throughout the years i think some of the biggest ones would probably be like omori uh is definitely one that i fucking love uh i uh want to say binding of isaac because this show technically like rekindled that flame because uh it wasn't until like halfway through that i picked it back up and was like i forgot how much i love this um what else um there's so many good ones and i can't think of anything gunfire reborn risk of rain 2 like in the midst of doing this i found both of those and i love them to death uh God, what else? Um, it's it's hard to think because honestly, like, you know, a, as much as I joked about the fact that I probably won't keep up with games at all anymore and I like, you know, it's just because it's not part of what I do. Like, honestly, I've always been an indie games boy. Like, it's just who I am. I rarely go for AAA games. I don't know why. It's not it's not anything elitist. It's not anything like ooh, ooh, ooh whatever. It's just what I usually gravitate towards. Um so like even without this show, I feel like that's where I would have been and it's just all I play anyway. So fucking everything? I don't know. Loop Hero, um what else? God, there's a million things. You go and list some games and I'll keep thinking about it. But there's just so much good stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, I definitely have to say Loop Hero, 1 million percent. Uh, the Momodora series probably never would have played if not for the show or never really would have like 100% loved it. Um, it is kind of hard because you kind of have to wonder like, what did you find through the show and what did you already know about? Like Hollow Knight, sure. I really discovered my love of Hollow Knight while on the show. Yeah, I loved Beetle Boys and its aesthetic before, but yeah. because of the show, I truly found a, like I would say a profound love for Hollow Knight and Hollow Nest in that story. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. But... I'm honestly like it's it's hard to say just because like the the specifics have found through the show. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, there's a lot though that that I think at least for myself that I definitely wouldn't have researched or found most likely if it wasn't for me doing things like the developer interviews or doing things like, you know, having uh, just shit to talk about like Ring of Pain is a good one of like Ring of Pain, I found the artwork on Twitter for someone asked a developer interview before the game came out got to know more about the game and was like holy this this is gonna be good like i really want to play it and then when it came out i got a free copy because uh man that's one thing i'm gonna miss um got a free <laughs> copy because of you know uh getting to talk about it on the show and like i love ring of pain i think it's such a good game um so like there's there's a lot out there but it's it's very much what you're talking about where there's so much that i played within the course of these three years that like i might have played anyway Right. Like it just helps that I was in this world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they also write in and say, Josh, what are you going to do now that you've technically technically finished Binding of Isaac? Start Cry. over? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, because there's the idea of like 
I could just start a fresh file and I could just play through it again and see, you know, how far I could play in a state where like you unlock a ton of stuff when you play in hundred percent this game and beat everything. Like every time you beat something, you unlock new items. So there is the, the joy of going back and playing a, a fresh file and being like, holy shit, like this is so much different than what you have later on. Um, but I'm definitely not going to do it anytime soon. Uh, there's some people who play this religiously and that's just like all they do. And I think it's amazing that someone can take so much joy from a game, but like as much as I love the binding of Isaac and I think it's one of the best games ever, I am fatigued. Like (laughs) I've, I've done just about everything you can in that game. And it took me a long time for some of those characters because they are tough. Uh, and so I think I'm going to, take a step back from it for quite a while but like come on there's gonna be a day where i go back into it and probably start up again but i'm gonna take a break (laughs) they continue and say some of my favorite moments of the show include when i believe it was phil who asked if you would win in a fair fight with a baboon and vaughn said basically he could fight any animal with a penis because he could rip it off (laughs) it was quite a rant uh also I loved how much of a shit show the Spirit Fair book club was. I loved every time Vaughn tried to talk about something too weird for Josh and got completely shut down. And I loved all the weird ass intros. I will miss the hell out of the show, though, guys. Um, Good luck in whatever you do next, IndiePod rules. And then this is where they come in with the, okay, one more question. It's like eight more questions. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys have any reoccurring nightmares growing up? Mine was always the same. The killer from Scream would break into my house and chop my family members in half with his bare hands and then eat them and inside their bodies look like cantaloupe. So (laughs) yeah. That's so cantaloupe is so creepy on the inside too. That fucking sucks, dude. So yeah, not not really. Uh, not really sure what that means, but it stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty fucked up. So, whew, did you have any reoccurring dreams when you were nightmares? No. This sounds awful. No, I have not had recurring anything. So I'm glad because I do not want to constantly dream about that. Dude, I was, when I was younger, I was so terrified. I can't say it's a reoccurring nightmare, but the same thing happened multiple times in different, multiple times in different nightmares. I was so scared of Smeagol in the Lord of the Rings trilogy that I would dream about it all the time. And there were several times that I would dream that like Smeagol had the ring and was attacking me while he was in like the wraith state or in between planes and was just invisible. And no one would understand that you could like obviously see the shimmer of his outline. And I'm like, he's obviously right there and he's trying (laughs) to murder me. And they're like, there ain't nothing there. And they're calling me crazy. And I'm like, bro, bit off my finger. What do you fucking mean? So yeah, my reoccurring nightmare was literally just Smeagol following me through fucking life. And then later on, I rewatched it. And yeah, bro's creepy as hell. But man, I love the Lord of the Rings, dude. Damn, that is is nuts. Do you you remember your dreams normally? More often than not, no. And they're super terrifying or very sexy. (laughs) Or if I have telekinesis. 100% if I have telekinesis in a dream, I will remember it because that's fucking dope. 
I, I don't remember shit. It's so rare that I will ever remember a dream that it's hard for me to have a recurring dream. Cause like it's, it's really? once in a blue moon, I'll remember it. It's very much like maybe once a year. Like I just do not, if I go to bed, I wake up and uh, that's it. It's like, it's just darkness. It's just, oh, then it's daytime now. Like there's no in between for me. All right. Well, I guess this next one is for you. If no reoccurring dreams, what's the weirdest one you remember? The weirdest your one. your entire life. Weirdest dream you remember. The weirdest one I remember is uh, turning. It was, <laughs> for some reason, I was being chased by Wiley Coyote, but it was like this like he kept transforming between Wiley Coyote and then like a real coyote. And it was like this back and forth thing. Like dreams are fucking weird. And it was him and me stuck in like a room and then running away. And then there was something about like my body turning to like lettuce or something like that of like, yeah, like, I don't know. I was like transforming at the same time. It's a fucking weird dream. I don't understand. I can't make any sense of it. Uh, but yeah, it was something to do with that. Wiley Coyote and lettuce. <laughs> weird dream okay yeah that is pretty weird uh if you had to choose would you rather be eaten alive by sharks or piranhas i would say uh i would say sharks probably because piranhas i feel like would be death by a thousand paper cuts you know kind of situation yeah of like i'd rather it be big bites to just kill me quicker if it's gonna happen and also i mean you can still be eaten alive, but not die. Like they could just eat a part of you. So yeah. going with the semantics answer on this, I would choose shark because maybe they would take like my arm or like a leg, like a nubbin and then just leave you alone. Cause supposedly sharks do not like the taste of human. They eat you because they think you look like a seal. Everyone's like, they're just tasting you. And I'm like, that's not a good defense. But if I have to choose between something that like a pack of piranhas that would literally just devour me yeah. or a shark that might just bite off a foot and be like, mm, this boy, Gross. like he's thick, but he ain't tasty. Like yeah. I'll choose the shark. One yeah. million percent. Yeah. I get it. All right. I'm getting eaten by sharks. Big Joshua, what's your favorite dinosaur? And could it beat the other person's favorite dinosaur in a fight? So I guess that one is yeah, going to be a follow-up. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite so, dinosaur? I mean, Velociraptor is obviously always a cool one, but I specifically like, uh, if I had to choose the one that I think is the coolest, I have no idea what its name is, but it's like this one that's on all fours and its tail is like a fucking wrecking like a ball with spikes. Oh my God, it's the Ankylosaurus. That's my favorite too. Yes, dude. It's awesome. <laughs> it's dope as shit, dude. It's like a gigantic turtle, but with like a fucking wrecking ball for a tail. It's so awesome. Yeah. And in uh, Jurassic World, the fucking, the only dinosaur that kind of even stood a little bit of a chance against the Indominus was a fucking Ankylosaurus. I guess technically... Well, the T-Rex was getting bodied. The raptors were getting bodied. The Ankylosaurus, man, if it didn't scratch his leg, hoo-hoo-hoo, it would have fucked shit up. Ankylosaurus is dope as shit. And Anki, dope as shit, 100%. So uh, could it beat the other? I mean, they would just beat they each would, other to death, I guess. Yeah. Like, whoever's just, the alpha male in that situation. Did it hurt your enjoyment of like a velociraptor and such when you found out they had feathers? Because that's like a lot of people's <laughs> thing where like they love a lot of dinosaurs, but once they found out that they like 
probably had feathers and were not as featured as they were like they they aren't the same as they were in like jurassic park that ruined a lot of people's enjoyment Um, yeah yeah i i think that whenever i think of a velociraptor i don't think of the feather look to them so yeah i would say so i don't think it like i wouldn't say it takes away my my enjoyment but i definitely don't think they're as cool All right. All right. I also really love Triceratops. Triceratops are fucking dope. Love it so much. It's also because I love fucking Dinosaur King and Chomp is a Triceratops, but like fucking good shit. Good shit. Uh, Sam big, writes in and says... Were you a big dino nerd when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I love dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love them. Love them, love them, um, I'm glad that I stumbled upon Indie Incursion podcast one day. I didn't even listen to podcasts beforehand. That's Thanks nuts. for all the time you put into this. It was a blast. If you had to choose between going naked or having your thoughts appear in thought bubbles above your head for everyone to read, which would you choose? How 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 much of the uh, the world is illiterate? Let me let me look that up. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, I don't hang out with anyone who's illiterate, though, so like it wouldn't help me. Um, I think I think I'd go naked. I think I'd go naked. Well, but you'd have to be naked all the time, like all the time. Rain or snow, you'd be naked. Well, I guess you know you don't have snow. to leave your house. Really, it doesn't. Well, so. That's the thing, right? Is like I'm at a point in my life where I'm not really going anywhere, right? Although I guess McKee, if I have a, a mosquito could land right on your peepee. That's true. But I mean, can't really happen, happen anyway. with pants on. It could, it could still happen. I think a Weasley ray into your pants, but it's like a guarantee you go outside naked. You're getting your dong bit by some sort of creature from the black lagoon over there in Florida. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I also don't care as much about what people think. So maybe it's okay, but I also don't really care about being nude. So I don't know. I'm like a never nude dude. I don't like to to not have clothes on. Always got clothes on. Like when people talk about how they can't wait to like grow up so they could just be naked all the time and like have a reason for it. I'm like, no. Or they want to live on their own so they can have like a naked room and stuff. I'm like, I'm good. I don't want that. Like, I like the comfort of having clothes on me. I don't like to feel breezes and such. Like, that's why I don't wear boxers. Uh, So, yeah, I would definitely choose my thoughts to appear in bubbles. Man, people are going to get slammed. Yeah. See, that's the thing is, like, I have a lot of bad thoughts when it comes to that kind of shit. Not anything that's, like, offensive, 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 but, like, just... And you could tell, like, I'm the type of person who, if we're face to face and you say something that I don't like or that I think is dumb, like, I don't have it in me to not change my face to show you, like, to try to be, like, nice about it. Like, I'll give you a face that looks like I fucking hate what you just said. Like, <laughs> like it, it's just I'm very expressive with that. So, like, I kind of already have that. So I guess maybe I would pick the bubble. Might as well, like. They yeah, know. you're like, I already got resting bitch face. I might as well just complete the ensemble yeah, with yeah. thought bubbles that people can read. Okay, all right. Uh, if you had a theme song that played every time you woke up, what would it be? Seemingly, you could choose it, but I guess it's like, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's chosen so. for you at birth. Well, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> what a weird ritual that would be. Um, I, I don't know what i would pick really i don't think there's nothing like that i listen to that i'm like this resonates with me this is my song right like because i mean maybe there was at one time when i was in 
high school or something. I don't know. Um, it would probably be just something I like where it would be like some kind of pop punk bullshit because that's what I listen to. Um, the thing that came Last to mind. Last Resort by Papa Roach. <laughs> nah, not. I mean, Papa Roach is okay, but I don't listen to that anymore. It would be like Green Day. It would be like Blink-182. It would be like uh, fucking just pop punky shit. Uh, so like Basket Case by Green Day would be a good one. Um, weird tangent. For the longest time, I don't know why, but for like three years, two years or something, as long as I had this one specific phone, I always had my alarm clock that would wake me up. And I don't remember like what spawned me to do this, what the joke was. I woke up every morning to that one song, You'll Never See Me Again. The, you'll never see me again. So no one's <laughs> gonna cry for you. I don't know why it would always blast. And it was, I think it was because it was the only song that was like screechy enough to get me the fuck out of bed. Cause I have, I'm notoriously. And even to this day, I overslept by like an hour and a half to get to work. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like I just, I'm real bad with waking up. Not a morning person. All right. Um, for me, there are two songs that if I had a choice, I would choose. Um, one is Re-Re by uh, Asian Kung Fu Generation. It's such a good fucking song and I love it so much. Uh, the other, I don't know the title for it. It's by Ogre, You Asshole. But I don't actually know the title because it's all in a different language. And I can't exactly mm. translate it. So it's like, it's a great song, but I'd never be able to tell you what it fucking is. Like, there's, there's no way. Um, but yeah, Riri by Asian Kung Fu Generations. Really good song. Really good song. I What's that, that song. one? Yeah. Speaking of uh, bands that you can't understand. Uh, oh, Baby Metal. Give me chocolate. Yeah, I'll just play that. Uh, that's a good one, dude. It is very, very good. Ah. <laughs> uh, I love that song. I'm so glad that I fucking did this podcast with you just to learn about that song. About baby it's metal? so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's They're a great. band I would recommend though. Ogre You Asshole is actually really good. I've so, actually never heard about it, so I got to look it up. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it is in a different language, so if that bothers you. It doesn't. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I guess you do enjoy the baby metal. So there you go. Um, they also write in and say, damn, I'm going to miss you guys. All the awesomeness will be hard to replace. Good luck in your future endeavors. IndiePod was awesome. Oh, and Vaughn, just for me, say this word one last time. Supercalifragilistic espialidocious. Expialidocious. I think it's actually yes. so close. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad that I only flubbed once instead of the entire word like I thought I was going to do. Uh, John, the founder of Parallax Media, writes in and says, "Looking back, uh, looking back a little bit, I think definitely was I was definitely more interested in indie games this past year or so. So many cool concepts. I honestly think most AAA devs would love the idea of starting their own studio and making something they wanted. What do you guys think? So, do you think that like AAA devs are hankering to go indie?" For sure. I mean, uh, we see news articles all the time. And as a person who was doing the developer interviews, a lot of them were people who they were in an industry, you know, standard at some point, whether it's like a really big, well-known AAA studio or just, a, you know, a lower tier. But there's so many that end up getting that experience and then saying like, 
I want more control in this or I want to actually use my ideas that I have and spawn into whatever that is. Like it's going to just get to a point where it's more and more of a common thing. We're already getting to that. We're like, you know, triple a, there's obviously those big titles, but like the majority of games are things that aren't that now. Um, and it's just because like, it's, it's so much easier. It's so, so the accessibility of actually creating your own game now is incredibly uh, different from what it was 10 years ago. So I think that as technology increases and like as it becomes easier and easier, we're just going to see it more often that these studios are losing people to spawn these smaller indie studios just because why wouldn't you want to? Like if you're really passionate about creating something, chances are you probably have some ideas and you want to take a chance. Not everyone will do it, but it's something that's easier now. So why wouldn't they? Yeah, I I agree. Like way back when it was, now we have so many accessible engines that you could use to, to make games that you don't have to like, that you won't have to pay royalties for, or like, I guess some of them you will, um, but to a degree. Yeah. But it's like, it's not the same as it used to be where it was just all, everything was RPG builder. Like that was your, an indie game because you're making RPG builder type games. Yeah. You're using game maker. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I do think that there are like a lot of developers in AAA that would like to go indie, but there's also the thing that has to be weighed of however much we talk about like turnover in the industry, um, and layoffs in the industry at these big jobs, like you do have relatively secure positions depending on what you do. Yeah. And like, you can't really, I mean, there, there are a lot of people that are going to weigh the, uh, how reliable their income source is over independent development. Because more often than not, when I've heard indie devs talk about it, they're like, don't get into it if you think you're going to make money because yeah, you're not. No, it's 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 a thing about passion. It's 100% yeah. a thing about passion. And like I agree with that wholeheartedly because I'm the type of person who even if I got into, you know, creating games and whatnot, I would never want to work like on my own solely and on it. Solely, yeah. yeah, because it's just it it's not the type of person I am. Like I'm the I wouldn't be able to do specifically like always contract work. Like the people like Joseph Yaden who fucking want to write and do it as their like their job just writing at these random places and they're just like a contractor who doesn't have a just very concrete this is how much money i get every year and this is what i can expect fucking blows my mind i would be shitting myself every goddamn day if i didn't have a consistent paycheck and know what's happening and be able to exactly like say yeah we're good this month like i can make ends meet or whatever it is just because like i I don't know how people live like that (laughs) it's so weird to me yeah i i don't think i could do it either i'm way too anxious about it like i plus i'm just not great with money so i would totally fuck shit up like it it'd be so messed up so there you go and lastly we have a couple questions from jason uh host of in from japan I, I do love that they're like, I guess, like our sister podcast. Like we started IndiePod and then Errol wanted to create something similar to IndiePod, but specifically about Japanese indie games, found Jason through Parallax in a very similar way. Like I found you through Parallax yeah. and ended up 
making it from Japan. It's really yeah. awesome. And they're still uh, going they strong. write in and say, yeah, yeah, still going strong. Uh, what would you change about the way we cover indie games? So, mm. Big Joshway, in the industry, what would you change about the way indie games are covered? We should cover them. Yeah, yeah. More than just the like one article a week. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's it's tough. It really is. Because if it's not well known, a bigger type medium, you know, your IGNs, your GameSpots, whatever's, aren't going to want to cover them because they're going to get not as higher traffic as they will with something else that's more well known. Uh, and, and so it's kind of this like this chicken before the egg situation of like it'll get pop like these games will get popular if bigger mediums showcase it but until bigger mediums showcase it they can't be popular and so they don't get those clicks the clicks and yada 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 so you're stuck in this weird limbo state uh i think honestly the best way that we should start doing it is by covering it more it's really all it is is like we just need more like stories about these different you know games that are coming out whatever it is uh rather than the normal which is like a new studio opened up or in this indie studio someone was really offensive that, yeah, that's like, like 10 fucking Fortnite guides and you're like why are there always so many guys to Fortnite? yeah dude? it's i mean because people use them like that, that's the thing like it, <laughs> it's as shitty as it is you know as a person who doesn't care about it and wants more indie stuff at the same time like that's what the majority wants right unfortunately yeah. for for our purposes i think that uh we just need more people like what we were out there and finding a way to give us a voice like it would be really cool if you know if if these larger mediums aren't going to specifically always report it to partner with people like us right like wouldn't it be fucking crazy if an IGN or a GameSpot was like, these are part of our in like partner with shows like us or smaller sites that talk about indie specific things to get like that coverage or to to spawn off of that. Um, because it, it's really tough. There's just not enough people out there in the world to do that, to be lucrative for a company so unfortunately it doesn't happen yeah yeah i wholeheartedly agree and i don't have much else to say so there you go um this next one i do though and with the changing landscape of what is or isn't an indie game slash developer should we retire the term indie what do you think we're quitting so should indies Honestly, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. It, it's been something that we've talked about multiple times is like it no longer means anything. That's why the whole your own definition of indie came up. And at this yeah. point, I feel like the the tag indie has somewhat lost its luster to the point where like it's almost used against games more often than it is like a badge of honor. And it's like, yeah, just. It doesn't need to exist anymore. Um, we just need to work on discoverability of titles now. Yeah, Indie sure. like only exists to make it slightly easier to discover, but now so many people figure that out to the point where it's like everything is indie and I, it's all just based on what you think an indie game is. For sure. And I, I think it would be better if we did something that like was a more clear delineation of of 
what we're trying to capture with indie because indie used to be you know uh, a small team i think we should do it something similar to like what uh businesses do where they're like how many people are in your business is this a you know like a one to ten business is this a 20 to 100 is this like mid-size range but like we should just do that just be like oh this tier is for everyone who's a solo developer oh this is a, a up to five person team then you're like okay this is how many people worked on it because that's like a clear delineation of what the fuck that is but also that's not what people look at when they think of indie so it's like what do you like because you can't classify it of like is this a passionate game that takes risks it's like that's a weird fucking way to try to describe something if it's like yeah these other games don't do it like it's a little yeah bit. it's saying that triple a games really don't but yeah. it's like yeah they do sometimes it's just not the same destruction all stars exists that's a risk it's true it didn't pay off but that was a risk yeah well that's why triple a's don't do it um yeah i i'm not sure honestly i think that we should but i also don't have a better term to use for it because I think yeah. that it's such a mess and it really just depends. Like, I think people should just get rid of it and talk about the genre of the game instead. Cause like as, as much as I love indie and I think sectioning them off to give them more of a hype is, is a nice thing. It's kind of like a bandaid, right? Like if we just got rid of that completely and we just said like, these are fucking games and like, this is a roguelike or this is an adventure game or this is a platformer, just fucking play what you like. Who cares who made it? Someone yeah. made it. Yeah, definitely. So that's the end of this episode. What a great I, way I to finish that shit. Much more. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a great way to finish it. It's a great way to to leave off indie pod is by saying fuck indie, dude. You know what? We're we're done. I I love it. I love it. I can't think of a better way for us to for indie pod to wrap this up. I know, right? It's so it's just perfect. It was like. So thank you so much, Jason, for writing that in, really teeing us up for the perfect way to end. Seriously, thanks everyone so much for for listening over the years. And if you gave us money or just literally anything that you have done that relates to IndiePod, whether you were on the show, you just listened to the show, you were a patron, you were just in the Discord, you popped in on Twitter, like whatever you did, thank you so much. Honestly, it's it's been an amazing experience and I'm so glad that I did it. And even though it's ending, I I don't think I would have tra- I don't think I would have traded this experience for anything. I I truly love what we created. Uh but it's just time for it to come to an end. Everything has a conclusion and at this point I would rather have a a conclusion than just running something into the ground. Like we made jokes about it, but yeah. I would rather just have a definite end than have this kind of like nebulous nature. Like, Oh, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Is Vaughn going to come back? Is he not going to come back? Like, it's just like fucking how podcast beyond needs to just retire and they just need to make a new podcast. Like they just need to retire that. Cause it doesn't make any sense for it to be podcast beyond anymore. Indie pod. It's done. And uh, I'm happy that it happened, and I'm sad to see it go. Any last little bits you want to say, Big Josh Boy, before we hop off? What else can you say? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way you do. I'm excited that it's over because it means new things are coming. Um, but I'm obviously upset and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss you a whole damn lot. Uh, I'm going to miss the community. I definitely will say, even though we just talked shit about indie and the term, I think <laughs> keep supporting indie games. I think especially after all those interviews that I did, there's some really passionate and deserving individuals who are trying to create something that is amazing and i will always be a video game uh aficionado and will love it but um you know fuck it <laughs> all right <laughs> that is the end of this episode thanks everyone so much for listening and I, I don't know. I hope you have an amazing life. That's, That's it, it, baby. And yeah. goodbye forever. We finally get to say it. <laughs>